Say that louder. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing. To many people, I receive His word, believe His word, and live by His word. Christ is my master, and to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, I just want to ask us this morning: How are we all? How are we all doing? All well? Okay. Um, generally, I just want to ask this question. You know, how's life? Uh, how, how's, how's life? Good? Okay, how many of you say life's good? Oh, praise the Lord. Um, how many of you want to say that, you know, life's, uh, life's boring? Okay, few hands, life's boring. How many of you want hands for life depressing no we are in church people <laughs> come on okay so we have different opinions about life yeah life's boring and probably some are saying life's exciting life's challenging um, and etc uh, etc et excuse me so today's message is about life, and it's titled, A Life That's Full of Life. Amen? A Life That's Full of Life. Because we, we see two words in the Bible which describes life, and they are, one Greek word is bios. Bios, which is biological life. Like plants have life, animals have life, and we human beings, we have life. Like we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide, and we have life, biological life. So the minute we stop breathing in, breathing out, we know that life has come to a standstill, right? So that's bios. So Bible talks about bios. And the Bible also talks about another kind of life, which is very different from bios. And the Greek word used there to, ex to explain this um, life is zoe. Everybody says zoe. And what is this zoe? This Zoe is in addition to the natural life. It is the spiritual life. It is the God kind of life. Amen? It is the God kind of life. And it is a life which, is, which talks about the present life of grace and the future life of glory. It's a God kind of life. And when we read John chapter 1, writer of this book, he introduces this word, Zoe. Let's read that together. John chapter 1 and verse 1. John chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life in him was zoe the god kind of life your sign it talks about pulsating vibrant spiritual life right in jesus was life and this life was the light of men in other words this light this life was what and this life is what gives enlightenment this life is what turned the lights on this light this life is all about enlightenment so if there are people seeking enlightenment if there are people seeking the truth it is this life that gives enlightenment nothing else in him in jesus was life and this life is the light of men and let's read verse 5 and the light shines in the darkness and darkness refers to three things here the greek word is skotia or i don't know how it's pronounced skotia it means spiritual darkness demonic influence and also refers to sin spiritual darkness demonic influence and sin right so the light shines in the darkness in this kind of environment the light shines and the darkness did not comprehend it so comprehended means again a three meanings there comprehend meaning the darkness did not grasp it intellectually the darkness did not grasp it in the mind in the thinking second meaning is the darkness did not extinguish it and the darkness did not overcome it right so in jesus was zoe this god kind of life and this life is all about enlightenment nothing else if you want enlightenment go to jesus in him is this life he'll be more than glad to give his life and this life is enlightenment and this light shines in the darkness in the environment of demonic influence sin and spiritual darkness and the darkness could not extinguish it the darkness could not overcome it and the darkness could not understand it or grasp it intellectually john chapter 17 and verse 3 john chapter 17 and verse 3 says and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent know is knowing by experience and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god it's referring to jesus and jesus christ whom you have sent 1 john chapter 5 and verse 12 says he who has the son has life he who has the son has life and he who does not have the son does not have life let's go to that uh, portion 1 john chapter 5 and verse 11 and this is the testimony that god has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son of god does not have life it's no it's very clear it's very plain he who does not have the son of god does not have life now we need to understand that uh you know god has given us this life we as believers when we receive jesus 
When we receive Jesus into our hearts, when we receive him, we receive this God kind of life. Amen? This God kind of life. This God kind of life which the darkness cannot extinguish, which the darkness cannot overcome, which the darkness finds it tough to grasp it. And that's the life which Jesus has given each and every one of us. And that's the life. If you are a believer, can you just see your hand? Are you a believer? Have you put your trust in God? Okay, that's the life which is in you. This vibrant, pulsating life of God is in each one of you, is in each one of us. Okay? So life is not boring because this life, the life of God, the life of God who exists from everlasting to everlasting, from the eternal past to the eternal future, this life of God is in each one of us. I know we're going a little slow, but uh, you know the introduction is pretty fairly long, but the message is short. Amen. <laughs> we'll leave home early. Uh, I mean, we'll go home early. Sorry. And this life, Jesus has given each and every one of us. So we can't really say, in all truth, you know, life is boring or life sucks or you know, uh, life. Um, because this life of God is in us. This life of God is in each one of us. Because the word of God is very clear. He who has the son has this life. And one more aspect about this life. Let's read John chapter 10 and verse 10. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life, that they may have Zoe, and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen? Jesus says, I have come that they may have life, that they may have Zoe, that you and I might have Zoe, this God kind of life which the darkness cannot extinguish, which the darkness cannot overcome. He has come and he has given this life of super abundance that we might have it more abundantly. The Greek word there is perisos, which means more than enough, overflowing, surplus, abundant. A few more words which describe it, more than enough, more than sufficient, over and above, excessive, excessive, pulsating, vibrant. And that's the kind of life that he's put in each one of us. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this morning? Because that's, that's what God says, and that's what word says, word of God says, that this life in, is in each one of us. So turn to your neighbor, neighbor and say, get a life. No, you need to point and say, you know, get a life. No, I can't see most of you doing. Just turn to your neighbor, point your finger and say, get a life. Okay, now what you're going to do is turn again and say, I've already got it. Amen? You've already got it. If you've received Jesus into your heart, you have the life of God in you. You have Zoe in you, the life which the darkness cannot extinguish, cannot overcome. That's in us. Amen? And it's God's desire that not only us, but the entire world, the world outside, receive this life. Because till we receive this life, death is at work. And it's God's desire that the whole world receive this life. And that's why he says, you know, I have come. You know, he has come personally to give us this life. He desired, desires us to have it so much. He desires us to live that vibrant, pulsating God kind of life. 
He desires so much that he came personally to give it to each one of us. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Personally, he's come and hand it over to us. And he desires so much that he didn't stop. The cost that was paid was the cross. He desires us to have it so much, this God kind of life, this Zoe, that he paid for it at the cross. And we have access to this life only when we receive Jesus. Amen. Only when we receive Jesus. We can't, you know, we might try to, um, try to live this kind of life outside of Jesus, but we'll come woefully short of living this life. We can try to live this kind of life with probably fill it with activities, fill it with this project and the other, fill it with relationships, fill it with substance abuse or whatever. You just fill it with material possessions and try to do you know, this, that and the other, but we will never have this life without Jesus. Outside of Jesus, it's not possible at all. But the good news is, since we have received Jesus, we have this fulfilling, this content, this all-powerful, this vibrant life in us. Amen? So that is what we have. So we might think, you know, sometimes, I wish I was not a believer. You know, people outside are having fun. Yeah. You remember that ad, uh, Smirnoff Vodka? Life is calling, where are you? You know, I mean, that's the, that's the voice we hear outside. And, you know, we think, you know, I wish I was, I was an ordinary guy, you know, sometimes. But then, you know, God is saying that he has given his life. And you, when we need to turn around and say, life is calling. Where are you guys? We're coming after you. Life is calling. We've got the life of God in us. We've got Zoe in us. Amen? This abundant life. This excessive, overflowing, superfluous, vibrant, pulsating life in us, in each one of us. Amen. Amen. So, let's do this. Let's say, I have life. I have life. You need to punch the air and say, I have life. I have life in me this morning. The life of God is in me. Praise God. We have Zoe in us. Amen. And, uh, you know, the thing is, the interesting thing is, because we have received the life of God in us, we have received the life of God, it also comes with the nature of God. This life of God has the nature of God. Right? It has the nature of God. So we have this life and the nature of God in our born-again spirit. The same life that flows in God is flowing in us. How do we know that? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Right? We know that the same sap flows in the vine and in the, and in the branches. We're not saying that we are deity, no. We're not saying that we are deity. We are created beings. We know that we have had a beginning and an eternal life. Amen? We're not saying that we are deity, but we're just saying that the life of God is in us. The same sap that flows, is, that flows in the wine is also is in the branches. So we have the life of God and we have the nature of God in us. And what is the nature of God? What is God like? A very important aspect of God's nature is truth. Amen? We have God's nature in us. And it's so powerful. The nature of God is 
truth. You know, just think about it. God, we, we sometimes say, you know, it's, um, God can do anything and everything. There are some things that God cannot and will not do. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for him to lie because every single cell in him screams truth. Every single cell in him screams truth. And when God opens his mouth, out comes truth. Nothing but the truth. Unadulterated. There's no half truth and half lie. Complete truth in all its beauty, in all its power, in all its liberating power, out comes truth. And that's the nature that he's given us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning? Amen. He's given us, we have the life and the nature of God. Let's look at a few scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 10. Oops. Actually, I brought my own paperweights, uh, <laughs> these batteries. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 10. Chapter 10 and verse 10 says, But the Lord is the true God. But the Lord is the true God. Or some version says that the Lord is the God of truth. He is the true God. John chapter 14 and verse 6, we know this verse. Jesus introducing himself. He's saying, I am the way. He says, I am the truth. He says, I am the life. You and, have, you and I have received the life. You and I have received the truth. Amen. John chapter 14, the same chapter and verse 16 and 17. There's something else that we received. Or someone else rather. We received the life of God. We received the nature of God, which is the truth. And we received the Holy Spirit, who is from God. John chapter 14 and verse... 16 and 17. John chapter 14. Is everybody okay? Are we? Yes, John chapter 14 and verse 16. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide you, abide with you forever. And who is he? The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and he is in you. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, he dwells with us and he is in us. When you look at the word truth in the Bible, it talks about reliability, dependability. Something that you can rely on, something that you can depend, something that you can stake your life on. And the, and the Hebrew word used there is ehmet. Everybody say ehmet. Sounds like a cough, ehmet. Okay, it's the Hebrew word used, ehmet, which means truth. And the scholars say that it's written of three letters from the Hebrew alphabet. The first letter, the letter in the middle, and the last letter. The first letter, the letter in the middle, and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Three letters, Ahmed. And uh, Jewish rabbis concluded saying that when it is the truth 
which upholds all creation, the beginning, the end, and everything else in between. It is truth that upholds. So powerful, isn't it? That we have the nature of God, that we have the truth of God in us. And also the New Testament talks about uh, truth. And the word used there is uh, aletheia, which means opposite of fictitious, anything fictitious, opposite of anything false, opposite of anything, you know, a false appearance, something that is so real. That's the word which is used, aletheia. And we see this word in John chapter 14, sorry, John chapter 4 and verse 24. Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman and he says, verse 24, he says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Nothing fictitious about it. Nothing false about it. No pretenses. No appearances. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So truth, this righteousness and truth is the very nature of God. And we have the life of God in us. And God desires, you know, it is God's desire that we live lives that are truthful. That we live lives that are truthful in all our dealings, in what we speak, in what we do, in what we think. Because that's the very nature that he's put in us. The nature of truth he has put in our spirit. He desires that we be truthful in everything. Right? That we speak the truth, that we'll do the truth, that we will live lives of integrity in the small things, in the big things, in everything he desires because he has put of his own nature in us. He has put his life, he has put his truth in us. So I want to ask us this question. You know, are we living a life that is vibrant, pulsating, you know, full of integrity and full of truth? Are we living that life? We need to ask ourselves, you know, that's the deposit which God has put in my spirit. He has put his life, he has put his truth in me. Am I living that life, that bubbling, overflowing, excessive, more than enough life, full of truth and integrity? Am I living that life? Is my life transparent before God and man? Or am I hiding something? We need to ask ourselves this morning, you know, God has designed us that we might live a life of victory. He's designed us because he's put his life in us, right? He's put his life in us, which means the life that we live is supposed to be like him because his life is in us. And he's designed us so that we might have victorious life. He's designed us so that we might have a life of joy, a life of peace. He's designed us in such a way that we will live lives of integrity and lives of truth. But the only problem is that he has left our mind untouched. This life, this nature that is within me has to find expression through my mind, through my soul, through my mind, through my will, through my emotions. And that's how it has to find expression. And th sometimes we fall short of that. But I want, I, I want to tell us this morning that we are designed to live victorious life. We are designed to soar. We are designed to walk in truth. We are designed to run and not be weary. We are designed to soar 
Amen? We are designed to go out and minister in His strength. We are designed to go and lay hands on the sick. We are designed to go and touch lives and, be, and see lives being transformed. We are designed to live a life in such a way so that people will see us and be, in, and, and be attracted to this life. We are designed like that. But the moment we step out of line because of our not submitting to the voice of God, because He's given us His will, He's given us his will. I mean, he's given us our will, our self-will. The moment we step out of line by not submitting to the voice of God, by not submitting to the word of God, then we function in a way that we're not supposed to be. Then there's a malfunction in the whole thing. We were manufactured to live lives of truth. We are manufactured to live lives of integrity, to live powerful lives, lives that will change Lives that will impact, lives that will be so attractive that people will say, hey, I want that life. What is it? I want it. But the thing is, when we are not submissive to the voice of God, then it throws everything out of gear. When we are not submissive to the word of God, in our minds, in our thinking, then it throws the whole thing out of gear. So I want us to ask us this question. Are we living a life full of truth in everything are we speaking the truth in our homes and especially i want to ask us this morning you know are we are we fathers speaking the truth with our wives or is there something that is concealed are we holding back are we speaking the truth at work with our bosses with our colleagues are we speaking the truth is all our dealings with integrity because that is how we were designed to live. That is how we were designed to live. So when we step out of line, when we are not submitted to the voice of God, the voice of God is saying, you speak the truth. Doesn't matter, you speak the truth. Yes, you've missed it, but you speak the truth. You tell the truth right now. But then when we don't tell the truth, then there is malfunction. There is an intense struggle on the inside. There is an intense conflict because we were designed to live in a certain way. And because of what we did, we are, you know, we're not able to live that way. We're not able to live that life of joy. We're not able to live that life of power, that life of peace, that vibrant life, that life which attracts others. We're not able to live that life. So I want to ask us this morning, are we speaking the truth? It's a very simple question, but are we speaking the truth at all times and in all places? Are we submitting to the voice of God? Is my work with integrity? I want to ask us this morning, because when we lie, we are acting or doing something that is totally out of line with the way I was designed. Now, the reason we are asking this question is not to condemn us but to encourage us to live, to bring our lives in alignment with the voice of God. Amen? To live our lives in, us, in alignment with the voice of God. Because God doesn't condemn anyone. And in fact, He has put His life in you, He has put His truth in you. He doesn't want to condemn. He will convict us and He will encourage us to live in the truth. He will encourage us to speak that truth. And it's up to us. We need to decide to live that life of truth. Because what happens is when we don't live that life of truth, 
when I speak words which are not in line with truth, when my dealings are not entirely truthful, then I make myself vulnerable to the devil. We know that Satan is a very powerful spiritual entity. We know that he's real. So when I step out of line, I'm just saying, you know, here I am, shoot me. I'm a sitting duck. I'm becoming vulnerable. And he steps in mercilessly. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Initially, it will be the stealing. He will steal the peace. He will steal the joy. He will steal all that. He'll try to take all that vibrancy out of your life. And then he will kill and he will totally destroy. Our marriages, we need to be transparent with our spouses. We need to be transparent. God's word says, dwell with your wife with understanding. We need to be transparent. In fact, actually, in fact, we are one, right? In a marriage, the husband and wife are one, one entity. So how can we conceal? It's going to result in some intense struggle on the inside, intense pain. And stay, Satan is very quick to step in. He will step in with four kinds of prisons. The first one is guilt. The second one is shame. The third one is condemnation. And the fourth one is fear and intimidation. We open the door when we step out of line, when, we are, when our dealings is not in line with the nature that God has put. And Satan steps in with, with these prisons of shame, of guilt, of shame, of condemnation and fear and intimidation. Amen. And he can be very merciful, merciless. Very merciless. The voice of condemnation can just go on and, and grind you, grind you to the ground. He can be merciless. But praise God, we have the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen. We have the victory in Jesus. Now, when the process of refining starts, when we allow the light of God's truth in the areas of our mind where we are not submitted, in the areas of our mind where it's still dark, when God's word has not touched because in our mind, we need to allow the truth to come in. Because it's our mind. God will not just force his truth in us. We need to be open. We need to say, Lord, I receive your truth. I believe your truth. Work in me, Lord. And sometimes, because of years of lies, years of lies, you know, we would have concealed that truth. We would have concealed it. And probably we are living a life full of lies with our own spouses. I'm just saying spouses, but it could be in any relationship with friends, with, with other family members, probably with our children. And when God steps in, and when the Spirit of God brings His life and His light in those areas, now it's going to be a painful process because it's going to be spiritual surgery with the sword of the Spirit. Amen? It's going to be spiritual surgery. And He will cut it out It'll cut out certain things. And when God does spiritual surgery, um, it's almost always without anesthesia. It's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. You know, God did some refining work in my life. And I tell you, it was painful. I tell you, it was painful. Because he will start cutting, and I will just slip off the operation table and run away, saying, Lord, it's too painful, I can't. Or he will cut away a few pieces, and I'll say, Lord, 
please, enough. I cannot take it. I cannot. Because the shame, the prison of shame, the prison of guilt, the prison of condemnation is so powerful, they're so strong. And they're all in our minds. Guilt, shame, condemnation, fear. I mean, what will she, what will she think? What will she say? And that craving for approval from people, it's so strong, it's a prison. But we, we need to realize that you know, we need to seek his approval. And it's going to be a painful process. It might take, take some time, but when we yield to it, we'll come out as gold. Amen. Because God wants us to live that powerful life. Pastor was sharing, uh, when he was sharing about giving, he was sharing about obedience and submission, right? We need to submit. We need to submit to the voice of God. Only then will the voice of condemnation be broken. We need to submit to the voice of God. You know, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We don't need to let the devil have a foothold in our lives. Amen? We can function the way we were designed to function. We don't need to. We can live that life of peace, that life of joy. And he's called us to live that. But if we have missed it, let's go back to the doctor. Let's go back to him. He's the healer. It will be painful, but he is the balm of Gilead. It will heal. It will heal. And pretty soon you will see that you can't even see the scars anymore because he has taken it away. Amen? He's taken it away. He will take it away. He'll refine. He'll refine us like gold. Let's yield to his refining. Because we're not, we're not designed to live life you know, in a straight jacket. We're not designed, we're designed to sow. We're designed to walk and run and sow. Amen? And as a church, we're called to do great things, amazing things. And Pastor was sharing about this person, Pastor John uh, Paul Jackson, and how he had an encounter with God, a powerful, awesome encounter with God. And, and, and this man was just crying out to God and saying, God, I want just an ounce of your power, Lord. I just want an ounce of your power. And I'm sure that when I step into the hospital and I just clean it out, hospitals will be shut down because I just need an ounce of that power that I encountered, oh God. God was so merciful. He was saying, you know, when I, 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 there's nothing that I long for or not, there's nothing that is holding me back to give you this power. There's, not, there's nothing that I desire more than to give you this power. But then if I give it to you right now, in the state that you are, the adulation will just kill you and destroy your ministry. The adulation that you will receive will just kill you and destroy your ministry. We need some refining. We, we, are, we are called to be vessels. We are called to be vessels. And Holy, the Holy Spirit, God, wants to just move in through us. There are lives to be changed. Amen? Whole neighborhoods need to be changed. People are dying. People need to be saved. People whose bodies need to be healed. And who's going to do it? We are going to do it. And He's going to do it on our behalf when we go. And He's faithful to do it. And he's just watching and waiting. And there's some things which are holding us back. Just go to God. It will be painful. I can assure you it will be painful. But then when he's done, you know, you will go up the next level. You will minister the word in truth. You will minister the word in power. Amen? And you will live the life of peace. 
a life of joy this life of God and then there's no need to fear God in Hebrews we read that he's holy but he's also harmless he's on our side he's on your side you know he's your team he's on our side he's our loving heavenly father do you think he'll do us harm no just listen to the voice of God if he's asking you to do something today do it we need to speak mercy and truth and I just want to say uh, for families here if you know God lays upon your heart to share with your husband or wife you know be understanding forgive them the way Jesus forgave it's going to be tough tough it's going to be painful because when you see the person who with whom you've been living with you know it's not who he is or who she is it's going to be painful and for the person who's telling the truth it's going to be even more painful to see the reactions amen trust broken it's going to take some time but amazing thing is god is a builder he will rebuild he will reconcile he will he will make everything new uh, i want to close here and just sing this song called uh, give your heart a home I'm sure you've uh, heard it before, but I, I believe that the Spirit of God will minister to us. And even as you listen to the words of this song, I just pray that you will just open up your lives to God. Just open it out to Him. He's your friend. He's on your side. He's on your side. Amen. Uh, can I take the guitar? Just to hide your shame Plastic smiles and faces Blinking back tears Empty friends and places All magnify your fears If you're tired and good can have you laden He can understand how it feels to be And try so hard to win 
trade your precious birthright for candy coated sin. Wasting precious moments, oh no, restless and confused. You are building up defenses. That you'll be used if you're tired and weary. We can have you later. He can understand how it feels to be alone. He will take your burden. Yes, he will. If you let him love you, oh yes, he will wrap his arms around you and give your heart a home. Take his yoke upon you. Come walk here by his side. Oh, let him heal. Heartaches and dry the tears you've cried. Oh, never will he leave you. No, he won't. Never turn away. Keep you through the darkness. Oh, yes, he will. And lead you through the day. Tide and glory, we can have you later. He can understand how it feels to be alone. He will take your burden if you let him. His arms around you, give your heart a home. Oh, yes, he will wrap his arms around you and give your heart a home. Should we just stand to our feet this morning? Just call the worship team forward, just submit to God. Tell him, Lord, Lord, I want to be truthful in all the things, Lord, in the things that I speak, in the things that I do, oh God, in all the dealings of my hand, Father. Lord, I want to come out of the prison of shame and guilt and condemnation and fear and intimidation. I want to come out, oh God. And Lord, I just want to yield to your spirit, even as you refine me, oh God.